Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Resort of $5 million podcast. And by now, I kind of say this every time that it's just me doing the intro and, and it's not a usual episode with Sean. You probably figured it out, um, something different this time. And probably from the title, that's, you, you probably already got that. So uh, I'm rambling. But um, I wanted to bring you back an episode from Growth Month. And uh, I recently just saw our partners, uh, the Jacksons B2B Mix, uh, going by their proper name. Um, they partner with Databox, and uh, and Databox is another company that, that the CEO came on the podcast. He was one of the very first guests. He also spoke at Growth Month, and uh, it just triggered in my memory. You know what? That was a really good episode, a really good convo that we had. And uh, basically, we went through a few marketing mistakes that, you know, myself being a former agency person and the Jacksons being a marketing agency, agency services type of firm. Let's just go through the mistakes that we've made ourselves, that we've seen people make, and you know, they're always costly, these types of things. And I feel like we've talked about them in tons of episodes here with tons of founders. Like uh, I remember Sean Swan, that uh, he was talking about wishing he'd done SEO earlier. That's kind of one of the talk, uh, one of the talking points that we went through, funny enough. So enough from me, but um, if a little bit longer episode than usual and uh, forgive the double intro music, but um, but I'm, I'm loving our new intro music, so I'd love to know what you guys think about it. But anyways, that's enough from me. Um, I'll leave it to you from here and uh, enjoy. Welcome back to Growth Month, everyone. This one, you know, normally I open up this session, I say this one's going to be really good. And I'm actually not looking forward to this one so much because I'm going to have to relive a bunch of very painful mistakes that I have made. But I promise you, you'll, hope, you'll, you'll learn a bunch here. You'll learn a, a load of stuff where marketers, where, where founders and CEOs, they go wrong. They think, this is what we've got to do. This is how we're going to make it. This is how we're going to grow our brand, market our company. And it just goes wrong, completely wrong. And some things you never know with hindsight and you come back and you think, gosh, damn, why didn't I do that so long ago? But um, So I have the Jacksons with me. I have Elena and Stacey Jackson, and they're from the B2B Mix, newly rebranded. I love the new branding, as you can see on their T-shirts. And what you might not know is these two ladies work very much, very closely with us here at AutoClose and VanillaSoft. We couldn't do what we do without them. Most of what you see most of the time is some way influenced or done by them. So we're very thankful to have them on the show. Welcome both of you to Growth Month. How's it going? Thank Thank you. you. We're We're glad to be here. here. That was so in sync. I can't believe it. It's like we're prepared. (laughs) So um, I'm going to go to who we're going to we pick on first. I think normally we pick on Elena first in, in our team meeting, so I'm going to pick on her first. Elena. Okay. Oh, you're, keep it, you're staying with the, the floor. Yeah, keep traditions going. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll go with that for now. Startup marketing mistake number one. What you got? So I would say I'm going to go, because I do a lot of social, I'm going to go towards social and focus on like, the channel fatigue stuff. And my first big mistake would be only focusing on one channel and only focusing there because like, look at how Facebook worked. Facebook, a lot of people had, didn't even have a website. They only had a Facebook page and they were relying on all of that organic traffic on Facebook. And then Facebook went and said, guess what? I'm not going to let you have organic traffic anymore. It's a pay to play game. And so they lost all of their you know, organic traffic where people were seeing them all the time. And then it was just like nothing. It plummeted. So only focusing on that one area is, is, is not a good idea at all. So I would say definitely focus on more channels than just one. 
because you're going to screw yourself in the end. I remember that day very well. It was right at the start of my marketing career. I was doing a bit of social media <laughs> management then. And I remember it was just the thing. You post on Facebook, it goes quite well. So I was doing my yeah. posts and just one day, almost like out of nowhere, no like advance warning, nothing. The post yeah. just tanked and I, and I looked at yeah. it like, have I done something wrong? Like, did I? Like, <laughs> I felt that like, panic too. You know, Everyone was what panicking. What happened to this? And then I, you, you obviously do the, the natural thing is, I'm deleting that. That got no likes. Yeah. <laughs> so then I reposted it and the same thing happened. And a couple hours later, same again, same again. And then obviously we all worked out what happened. But that, that's just one. Right. I remember that one very painfully. Stacey, have you I seen that? I think a lot of people happen? remember that one. Oh, yeah. Pretty oh, good. yes. A lot that of was definitely a pain. Stacey, have you but seen I that think, happen in, uh, in other ways? Yeah, I think that um, when you just beat your email list to death with too many emails and you're not diversifying the ways that you communicate with your um, audience, that can be a death toll for your uh, email list. So try and spice it up, go omni-channel or at least multi-channel if you don't have the bandwidth to hit all the major uh, different channels that you can hit. So pick one or two you're good at and use those to complement email because especially with all of the new privacy laws, the California Privacy Act, GDPR, Canada has Castle, United States have canned spam. If people um, leave your list, too, because they're just tired of hearing from you on that email, you need different ways to reach them because unsubscribe doesn't mean disinterested necessarily. Right. And, you know, focusing on all those different channels, you have to think about where your audience is. Like if you've got a younger audience, TikTok may be where you need to be, too. You know, not just focused on you know, Facebook, LinkedIn or whatever. You need to think about where your audience is hanging out on these social sites and make sure that you're there as well and being in their view and always being brought up in their feeds. So I think that's really important. So like Stacy said, you know, focusing on those other channels, but don't kill yourself trying to be on every channel. Make sure you're on the ones where your audience is. I just feel like you're trying Andrew to make me do some dancing crazy videos. Is that what's, is that well, your plan? We do some crazy TikToks, but we haven't gotten there. Okay. That would be awesome. I think that'd be the next big thing to conquer. Dancing on TikTok for Vanilla Soft would be awesome. So in the chat, I'm not even going to weigh into this in the chat. If you want to see it, if you, Y for yes, N for no, and I'll go with the votes. It's out of my control oh, right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. I'm going to vote three times. If, and Stacey and Elena's votes do not count. They cannot spam <laughs> Y in the chat. Neither can Daniel, okay. just for the record. We'll put something out in Slack for everybody else and Vadilla Soft to go and like it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I've, I quit. I love it. Uh, I'm out. But <laughs> after this session, I'll be out. Um, so, but on that, I wanted to actually say, um, so one thing with the email list, I, I don't know if um, you guys feel differently about this. The one thing that HubSpot does, which I find is it's actually really annoying, but actually very good in a sense. When you get to that point when you're using HubSpot for your emails, you get the um, unengaged, I believe they call it. So when yeah. you go to send an email, mm -hmm. so let's say your main general list, it may be, let's just pick 10,000 out of nowhere. You might have two, 3,000 unengaged. And what that means is they haven't opened or engaged with anything in quite a while. I forget exactly how long it is. It might be six months, but it will by default tick off. Do not send to these people. So basically you're calling mm -hmm. your list then seven and a half thousand or whatever it may be. 
that's good because your stats will look better because you're getting better opens and that sort of stuff. It is slightly misleading in the fact because you think your list is 10K, but what actually happens to those 2.5K who you've left if you don't know about that and if you haven't planned it is nothing. Right. And you just keep them. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. You sort of, yes, the active list is very much part of it, but your active list is only as big as it stays. But if you're not trying right. to help supplement... Right. And add new to and, it and keep the old, it, it goes wrong. And to add on to that is that you can uncheck it so you can still send it to those people, but you're probably going to take them off. If they're not engaging with you, find other ways to, to connect with them because they're if they're not engaging with you, they're not in, into that channel, right? So I think it's important, like you were saying, that that is such a cool feature. While it may make you sad that all these people are engaging with you, but it's a cool feature because it's going to help your open rates and things like that. But then also it helps you to focus on well, where where else should I be meeting these people? And one interesting thing you could do is create a list out of those people and maybe do retargeting ads to them or focus on them on LinkedIn or something if you have that budget. So speaking of budget, you weren't there first. I'm sorry to open up a whole <laughs> world of pain for you, Stacey. Spending, <laughs> um, and particularly ad spend, that sort of stuff is... A, you know, a bit of a hurt locker in my uh, past experience. I've seen that. Uh, I've seen a lot of pain, a lot of misspent money and all that kind of stuff. And a mm-hmm. lot of it, I think, is coming from just misconception. I'm thinking I can put a thousand a month into PPC and it'll work. Yeah. If, if you're led to believe that, then maybe, but, you know, in actual fact, it probably isn't going to work like that. We're saying let's do 50 bucks of Facebook ads to boost this post. Like, yeah, cool. What does that do, yeah. realistically speaking? It might sound, you know, oh, it's just 50 bucks, but it doesn't really do anything. So spending is quite a painful one, which I've seen being a problem. Um, I'd love to know your experience, what you see go wrong with spending. So especially with Google um, search, or even with um, social media ads, if you don't have a really clear thought process of what you want to accomplish with this ad, if you're just like, oh, well, if my name's out there, it's good, then you might as well stand over the toilet and throw all your money in it because that's what you're doing. If you don't have a clear plan with your the amount you need to spend, what results you need to see, because it's just you don't really know if you are successful or not. And if you don't really have that money right now, you should look at other ways to get your name out there organically. But but that really drives me crazy. For myself, I've made those mistakes early on in my career when I was using AdWords and learned some hard, expensive lessons. But um, that that's just the biggest thing. Don't spend money you don't have right now, especially if you don't have a landing page or a purpose. And don't spend money until you absolutely know the keywords you need to hit, the people you need to hit, the sites you should be advertising on if it's display. I think just approach online ads very carefully is my my big thing. Yeah. And I would say, like you were saying, if you've got to know your keywords that you want to focus on, because if you're just willy nilly throwing ads out there and don't really have the right keywords, you are definitely throwing money down the toilet. That's just a waste of money. Um, One thing I was going to say, too, about budget is throwing money into buying followers. 
I think that that is a waste of your money and it's going to hurt you down the road while it might look like, oh, you're a very popular company or whatever. It's not, it's typically not the the right followers and it's, some of them are going to be fake and it's just going to clean up later down the road. You're going to spend a lot of time and effort cleaning it up because it's a manual process to clean all that stuff up. So you've wasted money at the beginning buying followers and then you're wasting money again because whoever's doing it is probably getting paid to clean it up. So I would say that that is another way to don't do it. Just please, please, please don't do it. On that, I'll, I'll, I'll very quickly say I've had, um, I used to, when I was very younger, I would sit there on LinkedIn and on the people you might know thing, I'd just go add, 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 <laughs> add, add. That's, that was when I was like 17. I had no real clients. Mm-hmm. I had no network. I didn't really know anyone apart from my coworkers. So to, to, to post was literally useless. So I just thought I need to build a network somehow. And then late, yeah. later <laughs> years later, I had to go back and print that out because I just had a, nothing against human resources whatsoever. I had for some reason thousands of them and they're of no use to my work, particularly they're not right. interested in what yeah. I'm doing. So I had to one by one by one by one as many times I had to do them, I had to go and get rid of some. And that, that was painful. Mm-hmm. But but one thing I wanted to go back to as well on the spending Um Mm-hmm. yeah um spending is great ads are great they're a great way to achieve scale the one thing that i never really worked out until it was as they said very painful very expensive something like a, a lead gen magnet let's say um, i'm giving you 100 free leads or um, i'm giving you a 50 something a free trial whatever it may be if that converts badly any other way it's still going to convert badly with ads probably worse yeah that's the one mm-hmm. thing that no one really says worse. They are cold traffic. They don't know who you are. They didn't even try to find you. Right. You just showed up on their Facebook feed or wherever it may have been. So if it doesn't convert pretty good by itself, it never will with an ad. And you're just pouring, right. pouring money on, pouring literally petrol onto a fire instead of using mm-hmm. it as like a gasoline to make it convert better or just to add more yes. to it. That's the one thing that I've seen go very badly wrong and very painfully. That's yeah. a great point. And one more thing back to um, ad spend. If you're trying to manage it and you don't know how, then at least invest in uh, like WordStream or some tool to help you. But that's not even foolproof. But if you hire somebody, don't just hire the cheapest person. Make sure they actually know what they're doing because then you're going to waste money on that resource and the ad spend that you just flushed down the toilet. So. That's another mistake I think people make is try to go cheap by there's lots of great freelancers on Upwork or whatever, but just really vet that person before you hand over the keys and say, okay, go run my ad campaign. Stacey's um, in in our team, in our bubble. I kind of nickname her. She's the lady who knows every single tool. That's that's Stacey's (laughs) hobby, skill, passion, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And I'm the reason if you have somebody like me in your business that you will spend too much on MarTech. (laughs) So on the theme of budget and spending too much on tools, can Stacey give us some recommendations for ad budgeting and and that sort of stuff? What can we use for our ads? Make sure we're not just blowing money away. Um, I like, as far as managing um, ads tools go, I like WordStream. Uh, There's also one called AdHoc that will help you kind of look at what you're doing with your um, current spend and give you advice based on AI to help you manage that um, spend and make sure you're getting a return on investment. Elena, are there any others that you like or that you've used? For ads, 
you usually do most of that, so I just let you go with it. <laughs> is that a smart thing to do, or is that a risk? <laughs> well, if she's if she's buying technology, that's a risk. But if she's just managing ads, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I am I invite to tech because Stacy is just always. I love software. I'm a software addict, so I'm proud. You need somebody in charge of the spend on software that doesn't love software. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I'm going to go totally off script. Sorry to surprise you both. Social media things. That's okay. It's, it seems like everyone now has got to be like a rock star social media person, million followers, you know, on, on all the podcasts and webinars that God wants. Uh, so <laughs> Elena does quite a lot on social media. Stacey pays a lot of attention to it, as do I. I'm throwing it out there, whoever wants it first. Where do we go wrong with that? Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drop one first. So years ago, uh, I did quite a lot of social media management for a bunch of different clients. And it was very um, rinse and repeat. We would put out, oh, look, new blog post equals tweet, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. And um, I I really want to just leave it out there once. I want to put it out a few times. So I'll just schedule it and I'll put, yeah, this date and this time and it will be out a load of times. It ended up just being literally a recycled feed of, uh, well, I I don't want to write anything new and I don't want to go and check HubSpot's blog for anything new. I'm just put that one there and that one again. And we haven't had that one in a while. So I use that one again and it sucked and it never worked. I never got any engagement, but it was easy as hell for me. So that's my, that's yeah. my like social media. Can we get the like klaxon effect or something like that? What's yours? So, but on that, I think it's okay to recycle things through that are, are good. Like your webinars and things like that that are going to bring in more leads. So I I don't think you should just wipe out recycling, but I definitely think some things you don't have to keep going with. Um, Well, also you should mix up your message too. It shouldn't be same message every quarter for that evergreen piece of content. But then that's also where your whole team needs to be on board um, to make sure that, Hey, here's what we're going to focus on this month and let's do these things. Cause like we see all the time with companies where you're not all together, you're just kind of making stuff up. Like they're talking about this, they're talking about this. Nobody's talking about the same things. So I think that that's important too, but I would say, you know, as painful as it is when you're doing your social to make sure you're tagging people. And some people are very hard to find on certain things. Um, Twitter is one that maybe they're using a random name and maybe there's 20 million people with the same name. So you have to do a little digging. But uh, I think that that is very important to tag those people and those companies. And it is much more time consuming, but it gets the word out there a little bit more and they will be more likely to share it or comment on it or just like it, which is going to boost your post in the feed, like on LinkedIn or different things. So I think that those are some things that you need to be doing as well. You mean the ones that you mentioned in your blog post or yeah. webinars yeah. Or, or, or curate yeah, content? Yeah. From- or if you want, if you're wanting to ask a question of certain people, maybe you put it in your post or put it in the comments and tag them. But I think it's important to try and get that engagement so that you're not the only one talking about it. And tools to help you, um, schedule out are definitely helpful. But like Elena said, you still need to do that little extra work. We use, um, Elena uses social be a lot to schedule. I've used co-schedule to schedule uh, 
post uh, to go out with the blog post that was just scheduled. So even with those, you need to go in and write something special and unique for each one, even if it's a year from now. I, somebody might not remember what you wrote the day it was published, but keep it lively and tag those people because otherwise it's just more noise in the wind. Mm -hmm. But tagging definitely helps get people to react. And switching it up like from platform to platform. Like if you're sharing um, a blog post or something, if you're going to share it on Instagram, switch it up and maybe make it a quote or some other part to it, not like the blog title and whatever that you might do on Twitter. Um, I think it's important to kind of think about your audience and what your that platform is all about and share it in different ways. Maybe even... Uh, test the images, the social images. You can have one f that looks like uh, more serious for LinkedIn, a little more fun for Facebook or Twitter. So I think that could be useful too. I'm worth saying with that, if um, if all this sounds a little bit scary, different images and different stuff like that, Canva, brilliant, free. Yes. We still use it. Mm -hmm. I still use it. Anyone can use it. I have zero design skill on my being completely. I can make something look okay in Canva. So if, if I can, you can. <laughs> For sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to move on to our last topic and then I'm going to surprise you both with two other horrible questions. I apologize. Not very okay. much. This is good fun. <laughs> but um, but Stacey, SEO uh, on, on the podcast yes. that we have, the Zero to Five Million podcast, pretty much every time, uh, Sean will say, so what is one thing you wish you did earlier? And it's nearly always SEO, nearly every single time. And and he says that too. What's mm -hmm. the deal? Why does that? Why is it just neglected? When, what happens when you have to come back to it and sort it out later on? I think especially if you're um, an entrepreneur, solo entrepreneur in a business, you are so invested in getting that product or service up and running that maybe you forget that just because you love it and think it's great and it's going to solve the world's problems that nobody's going to find it if you don't have the right um, SEO structure in place or information on your website. So I think that's one thing that we fall so in love with the baby we've created in our business that we don't think, oh yeah, so and so is never going to find this because I don't have these keywords on my site. One client that we worked with that um, they've been in business for a while and they sold to a certain industry, but they realized after we did an audit of their website, we did a word cloud of all the words on their site. They did not even mention the segment of this uh, industry that they wanted to go after that was not mentioned at all on their website. So it's, it's just, I think uh, enthusiasm for what you're doing sometimes puts blinders on all these marketing things that maybe you don't want to do. So it's important to keep that in mind and maybe find an agency or a freelancer who can help you do those things and do it correctly because you don't want to end up like, Back in my day in 2012, when the Penguin algorithm started hitting from Google, although it hit a small percentage of worldwide websites, I think 3%, there were still small businesses and startups that lost all their traffic overnight. And it's like, ugh, you know, that's painful. And you're going to have a lot of work on the at, all over again if you don't focus on the SEO when you're building your website because you got to go in, you got to put your SEO titles alt tags on images and all these different things and making sure that your content on those pages focuses on that keyword. So if you don't do it up front, you're basically going to have to rewrite a lot of your content on your website and that's going to be painful. So on that, what actually would that look like? So 
I'm, I'm a founder who is completely fresh to the word SEO. I'm Googling it currently to work out what it means. What does it mean if we've got to redo the website practically? Is, is that someone sat there for a very long period of time going through all of the back end, adding stuff that's missing and, and it's quite a lot of stuff every single page or is it a new website? How exactly would that look if I have completely forgotten about it for a year and I've realized, oh, this thing is this, what do I do? What is that actually going to look like? Well, first of all, I would do the keyword research, look in your, well, I was going to say look in your Google Analytics, but you won't see it there. Look in Google Webmaster Console and see what keywords that you've been showing up for. Then do a little research. Are those the keywords you want to be showing up for? And if not, use another tool. I think Neil Patel has a free keyword tool on his site. And find what are the keywords that you that do well and that you want to rank for. Then look at the content you have and then find which pages are maybe irrelevant. Get rid of those and then focus on the ones that are the most relevant and use those that keyword research to help you beef up pages and then decide if you need to create new ones. Or you may even merge pages that you already have. But you can take that first step yourself with some free tools and different services online. And then when you're ready and have the budget, make that next step to hire somebody to help you consistently create content that's going to keep you top of uh, Google search. But be careful not to keyword stuff on those pages. Make sure you're doing, yeah. Like semantically related keywords and long phrases. So don't just say, okay, virtual conference is my keyword for this page and then put it in, work it into like 10 different sentences. That's, that's not, Google doesn't like that. Okay, so we do that and some time goes by. We've eventually grown up the team. We're now doing content quite a lot more, all that kind of stuff. What, um, what should good SEO look like? And aside from just more traffic and that sort of stuff, hopefully more leads, is there a particular sign that you would look for in, in a company that looks like they've got it going? where they've got a good SEO process or something like that, or, or a thing that they're looking at constantly where, well, that's a good sign to you that they're paying attention to the right stuff. Well, obviously, looking at your analytics, whether it's HubSpot or Google, to see are the pages that you're trying to get traffic to, are people bouncing, are they staying, are leads going up? If um, they're not, then you know you've got some work to do on those pages. Another thing to look for would be, okay, I've got a blog going. Am I just writing to write or is there a business purpose where I'm introducing people to this problem I can help them solve without being too salesy in their face and then help move them through the site to the next thing? And you want part of that movement to be an SEO thought where you're having internal linking with keywords to this the money page where a conversion will happen. So it's really just looking at their site and you also looking at your Google Analytics and saying, is there a flow that makes sense between all these pages that would help some user go there, read this, go to the next page, then check out or request a consultation, whatever the conversion may be. If you as a human being can see that, then Google crawling your site is definitely going to pick up on that. There may be some more tweaks you need to do, but if you as a person can see it, then we know that Google will be able to crawl that site and say, okay, this makes sense if I'm coming here to buy dog brushes that if I hit here, I know where to go next and next. So it's really about thinking about your user experience 
what as a user do I need to know to find the site? What is a u- user do I need to be able to see and click and read to make a purchase? Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that people need to pay attention to is it's not going to happen overnight. Good SEO takes time. And so anybody that tells you, I'm going to get you on the first page of Google tomorrow, beware. You know, you want to look for an agency that is going to take your best interest and make sure that you're doing it the right way for longevity. And on that right way, um, I mentioned the Penguin algorithm earlier. That was about doing spammy links. So one of the things you should also look at when you're doing your SEO is, if I'm guest posting or asking people to link to me, do those sites make sense to my business? If I sell um, consultation on marketing, should I be on an HR site talking about whatever HR application tracking software? It just makes sure that whatever you do is intentional and makes sense. And that the people that were on this site that you link to make sense to come to your site and make a purchase. It's not just about links anymore, which most people understand that. But if you're not new, if you're new to the world of SEO or trying to set up your website, that may not be something that you have in mind right away. Yeah. Like a lot of people used to go to blogs and would just add a comment. Hey, great article. And then add a link to their website. People still do that. But that's but not. It doesn't right work. Do. <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, one of my things is turn the comments off. No one does it. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. No one comments. They're more likely to send you a message out of the blue than to do that. Okay, ladies. Yeah. So, uh, so time has flown by. We're nearly at the end here, but I do want to ask you two things. So, um, so one story each and one recommendation each. I'll go with the story last because it might be quite a funny way to end off. What's uh, okay. let's start with Stacy. What's your one recommendation um, for? a marketing project initiative that someone should kick off. So I'm not going to tell you what mine is. I'm going to go last, but what's your one thing? What's your one uh, idea that people should pick up? As far as what they should be doing in their business. Um, I think working on that SEO and their website and just building a, a solid presence, you don't have to go big out the gate, but especially if you're trying to, build up your product while you're doing it. That gives you a little time to to carefully think about your website. And then when you're ready to launch, you've got that website, you're already maybe picking up some traffic. I think website, like you said, Sean mentioned, SEO is the thing you should do early and not let it go. Okay, Elena, uh, you get the short straw, you don't get to pick SEO, what's yours? <laughs> Um, I would say building your audience on social and making sure that you've got the right audience on the different platforms, because while you might have a website, you might have a chat feature, a lot of times people will go to social to find out more about companies and even ask questions. So you want to make sure that somebody is manning that social, too, um, because you're going to be getting awareness out through social. So I think it is very important that you have a couple of different channels that you start off with and that you're present on. Okay, love it. Um, mine is a podcast for multiple reasons. So it's good networking, number one. It could be networking with future customers. That's number two. And that's a very easy line to draw, no matter how big or small you are between podcast and customer, hopefully. Um, it's good for your social, that, that it gives you content on a regular basis. It's not actually that hard to do. So for instance, it's not costing me anything apart from a bit of time. I go on uh, Anchor FM. That's free. That's how we distribute ours. Um, so that's how we 
we edit. I mean, I do the most basic editing you have ever seen, but it's editing. I publish and it's out a bit of Canva for, for our image, very light core way of getting your content. And if you want to go and repurpose it, that's easy stuff for your website. You don't have to start from, well, what do we do for blogs? You've got a podcast. Right. So that's my one. Yeah. Uh, and there is a free service on that blog post thought. I don't remember the name of it, but, um, where you can match up with people to be on your show. So if you wanted to do that interview format, that's some way to make it even easier. Ah, funny story about that one. Um, there's a podcast guest uh, booker platform where I butchered their name, Matchmaker FM. I got a message on it once. Someone asked me to be on their show. My girlfriend freaked out. She thought it was a dating app. It wasn't. I was being oh. asked to go on a podcast <laughs> and I did go on it. I did not go on any dates, but I but just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> Don't worry if you see the name and you wonder what it is. And and with with that embarrassing story in line, I want to get one from both of you. Any any terrible um, mistakes that you've made? Any bad marketing um, face palm moments? Oh, I'm sure that there have been, but I I know that for me, I know that one time when you work on multiple clients as an agency, sometimes you might mess up and post something on the wrong profile. So there, I, I know that I did that once I caught it immediately, but you know, there's that panic, like, Oh crap. And you go and you have to go. And fix that immediately. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing when you're doing social, if you're like work for an agency and you have multiple profiles, you need to make sure that you're in the right one. Or like that guy that, what was it? The guy from this one company he posted, he was liking stuff as the company. And it was like this girl that was like, scantily dressed and yeah. <laughs> rating her and it was it was like a big deal that he did that as the company luckily mine would only be commenting on like 90 day fiance comments and stuff like that because you know those are fun to watch and talk about Stacey so you got one I don't I probably do but I can't think of what it is right now Lena you can tell on me what's a <laughs> screw up I don't know there's so many to choose from oh. <laughs> but i've i've done what elena said when back before we had this business for my employer i tweeted something out of the company and it was i i thought i was tweeting my my own uh personal account it was something about how expensive rent was i was like oh crap <laughs> i had to go in and fix that so that was kind of embarrassing um Oh, I know. I know. I, and this was at the company I used to be at. We had been prepared for this uh, web webinar. I was in the office with my boss and then the rest of the employees who were listening to it were in the conference room and we were talking to like this big food brand. I think it was Kraft. I don't remember, but we had gotten like 15 minutes into us. And then the uh, COO, I think, was banging on his door. It's like, we can't hear you. We've been talking that whole time with the mic off. So oh. <laughs> it was, <laughs> oh. that was stupid. That was embarrassing. So <laughs> Mine's fairly similar to that. Yeah. The first ever webinar I did, I was, uh, I was 18 in London in my client's office. Their first ever one, my first ever one, all quite nerve wracking. And realistically speaking, it's not a huge deal when you've got 60 people watching it. It really isn't like the end of the world. But it went perfectly. It was a brilliant show. Great stuff. The CEO was sat next to me. He's all happy. He's shaking my hand. Said, oh, thanks, guys. This was brilliant. Well, well done. I don't have headphones on. He doesn't either. He's just speaking. 
and he's doing a basically yeah. a solo presentation. The marketing lead in the other room behind us, he is listening like any other watcher. And my boss in our other studio is sort of playing like producer role from a right. The one problem is I didn't realize as uh, Nigel, the host, went to end the show, he says, right, everybody, thank you very much for coming. That's it for today. We'll see you on the next one. Kind of like what I say. Um, back mm-hmm. in the other studio, there was a noise which I didn't know about until the marketing manager asked me what was that noise. And I had no idea. Uh, basically, what happened is a kid in the background screamed, Dad! <laughs> Unbelievably <laughs> loudly right at the end. And it, it's the most serious <laughs> deadpan audience you can get i don't know if they would have <laughs> noticed it but if they were there they heard that and uh, he he surprised me with so who screamed dad and i'm like what i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> so, so that was mine but with that um i'm gonna have to finish up ladies this was good fun i could we could do another one of these we could go on for a few hours particularly of my mistakes i don't know if you've got so many but I think we could have gone on. But um, before you go, um, thank you very much for being here. This is great fun. Always yeah, a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank Where you. Where can people connect with you both and find out more about what you do? And breaking news, the Jacksons have a podcast, which um, I might be going on fairly soon to tell them about how we you did this event. Done. So stand by yes. for that. But where can people follow you? So you can follow me. On, I'm on Twitter. It's Elena underscore Jax. That's A-L-A-N-N-A underscore J-A-X. Or I'm on LinkedIn, Elena Jackson. And you can find us at the B2B mix.com. And I'm at uh, Stacy underscore Jax on Twitter and also S T A C Y on LinkedIn, Stacy Jackson. There we go. All right. Good stuff, ladies. Thanks very much for being here. Uh, everyone in chat, I am counting the votes. Please be kind. <laughs> I do not want to open a TikTok account. Just bear that in mind. But whatever, the votes are cast already. So we'll have to announce whether we're going to do that or not. Um, I'll let you, I'll let everybody know in the coming days. Apart from that, one quick reminder, as I always say, make sure you go to the schedule page on the website. It's up here. Um, Go and check out the rest of the sessions. Add it to your calendar. That's the one thing you got to do. Add it to the calendar. Otherwise, it doesn't exist and you won't come. So with that, hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you on the next one.